Welcome to JSA TV Europe, together with the Green Data Movement for this quarter's live event focused on European digital infrastructure sustainability. I'm Jean-Marc Lehman, joining me today is Steve Brown, CEO of the leading headhunter recruiter in the data center and cloud infrastructure sectors worldwide, data center people. Um, Steve, welcome on JSA. Um, I guess the only things that you know better than data centers are the people that work in them. Um, your, your old tagline, which has always resonated very well. Um, talking about talents, I mean, when we look at the data center space, we're always talking about shortages and how things are going, but there's so much demand, but we can't find people, et cetera. And we're going to get into it. But what what is the role of sustainability in the data center talent space today? So uh, thanks for the introduction, Zhao. Thank you for the invite. That uh, There are two aspects to this. Uh, as, as we all know, sustainability has become central to data center development and operations. This has come about as a result of uh, ever-increasing awareness of the, the energy and environment, environmental impact that data centers have, as, as well as a more um, eco-friendly approach being demanded by customers, especially the big corporations that, that now take sustainability uh, extremely seriously. So, so in turn, this has had a, a consequential impact on hiring with roles being created to focus specifically on sustainability. We, as a headhunter and recruiter, first saw sustainability being highlighted back uh, in, in the mid-2010s, around 2014, 2015, we noticed it coming up initially in electrical and mechanical design type roles where clients would, uh, when we were discussing a search brief, would express to us a desire to hire engineering talent that had some exposure to, um, to sustainability practices in their uh, design work. Now, things have, have developed at, at pace since then, and we uh, are seeing roles dedicated specifically to the sustainability subject, because managing sustainability in, in, in a, a data centre requires a lot of specialist expertise. So, so we've handled, in the last few years, we've handled searches around energy procurement, energy management, environmental compliance, and um, sustainability management, where the remit is to lead on uh, the wider sustainability piece at uh, organisational level. We're also seeing specialist roles being created, particularly by the larger operators, uh, where those roles focus on uh, uh, very specific aspects of sustainability, such as heat export. Hmm. With, the, with the smaller to medium-sized operators, then uh, sustainability, particularly at the, the more senior level operational management roles, sustainability is a part of the responsibilities of the role. Um, and and we, we 
the searches that we take on, we're, we're being instructed to hunt for candidates that, that can take on a position where sustainability is a part of the role and, and uh, candidates that have experience around the, the, the sustainability piece. Hmm. I'm also seeing sustainability coming up in, in other areas uh, such as sales and marketing. Just the other day, uh, I was instructed by an operator client on a, a search for a head of sales. And the client made the comment that the person that they are hiring should have sufficient knowledge to be able to discuss topics such as uh, heat reuse with mm. prospective clients, particularly prospective hyperscale clients. So that's that's one angle to it. The, the other side of sustainability in, in hiring is about making hiring processes, hiring practices more sustainable. So we all know that there's a huge shortage of skilled data center talent. Uh, across the industry, everyone is chasing the same people. Uh, that's pushing up salaries, which to some extent is, is good news for, for candidates. Candidates need to be careful they don't price themselves out of the market. But it's not sustainable for the companies that are doing the hiring. So there's there's a need to devise more sustainable hiring practices. There's, there's a lot of talk now about bringing data center operations engineers in from other mission critical industries, not just the obvious ones, such as the military, uh, nuclear, or the, the offshore industries, but any industry where downtime can be caused by mechanical or electrical system failure, that that's the, the, the place where we need to go hunting for the engineers that the data center industry needs. So resolving the skills shortage is, is a key to sustainability, to, to keep stealing from your competitors is not, it's just not sustainable. But then you've got to look at how you make, once you've got your people, you've got to look at how you make their employment uh, more sustainable. And, and for that, for me, that's about making sure that the employee is is trained, that they develop the skills to enable them to undertake their role in, in the most sustainable way. It, it's also about providing the, the job challenge, the satisfaction, uh, the learning, the progression, all of the things that we look for uh, as an integral part to uh, enjoying our work. And, and that will make for a longer-term opportunity for the individual. That will cut down on, on staff turnover and, in turn, will, will make the, 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 the whole environment much more sustainable. Yeah. Get all that right, 
and 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 that's no mean feat um and and uh, you you're a long way to having a set of really sustainable hiring and employment practices in place it, it is a combination of factors um which which you've described very well um from the the, the pre-hiring to the hiring to the keeping the hire um in, in the business and i think your point around keep stealing from competitors it's no longer sustainable i think that's very true and that's something that we're seeing a lot more especially in newer markets where new companies are emerging from from the ground up um where the where ceos are literally people they used to work in energy companies or financial firms uh, or deal with energy form within a financial firm um it, it's a completely shift in skills that we are seeing um in new businesses popping up in uh, in newer markets in uh, across europe but uh, before we go into those markets because those markets are always very interesting uh, of course we mentioned how sustainability is changing talent talent recruitment but um, what would you say are still the main challenges within recruitment in the data center space today uh, in, in a more general term, not just within sustainable, sustainability? That, that's an interesting question. We've, we, um, we've noticed that uh, in, in, the, in the past 15 to 18 months, um, that the counter offers have become much, much more prevalent. So pre-COVID, you would see this at more senior levels. Um, and uh, we've, we've, got a, um, we've, we've got techniques that we use to handle this with a candidate at the point when they're, they're going in to, uh, to resign from their, their current role. But, but there's two things... In, in the past 15 months or so that, that we've picked up on with regard, specifically with regard to counter offers. Firstly, it's the fact that it, it's not happening now just at the more senior levels. Mm. It's happening at all levels. Uh, so, so we're having to, if you like, counsel the, the, the companies that we work with on hiring to prepare themselves for for this. The other thing that, that we've noticed about it, that pre-COVID, the counter offer might be perhaps in the region of, of a 10 to 15% increase on the individual's salary. Now, it, 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 it's gone higher, 20 to 25%. And depending on the level of individual, there can be uh, sweeteners thrown in, such as equity and and um that's that that's that's making the hiring process uh, a lot more challenging that that's that's really the 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 number one quite apart from all the issues uh, around finding the talent in the first place and encouraging them to sit down at the table and engage in discussion about a new opportunity uh the 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 battle isn't over um, by any means. <laughs> we, we are just at the beginning of this battle. <laughs> e exactly. Um, yes. Yes. And, and and perhaps we'll never have an end to it either, because it's these are evolving things. Skills are an evolving thing. It's not. It's not an A to Z race. It's uh, an A to the infinite, because skills will have to change as the market and the business changes as well uh, over the next years and decades um, to, to ensure the future. Um, we, we sorry. 
and that's a good point. It's it's not just about uh, the skills changing. It's about companies thinking laterally about mm. um, the the type of skills that are relevant to a particular role, and also uh, where they're going to find those skills. And that's that's where we can help. Um, we we can provide advice and guidance. Um, we we'll also uh, we'll sit with our clients and we'll challenge them. They'll hand us a job description and it'll have perhaps eight or ten bullet points on it about the, the skills and experience they they want. So we'll work through that. Is that really necessary? Do you need ten years of that? Um, what about this? Um, and and we'll encourage them to, if you like, re-engineer, reshape the job description, given our knowledge of the marketplace um, and and how successful we think they're going to be. In, in attracting talent into that specific position. And, and I think that's another very good point because sometimes businesses are so stuck in the old ways and it's just copy and paste. Um, there's no no need for change uh, when there is a lot of need for change. And uh, actually what you just said is not applicable just to recruitment and job descriptions. There's a lot of other aspects of the business um, that happen like that from marketing to other elements of the company. Uh, there's so many, so many times, more often than not, it's just copy and paste from previous days um, and it's no longer fit for purpose. Uh, but I was just going to ask you, sorry. No, go on. I was going to ask you, because we, we've already kind of touched on the the, the the newer markets as well. I, was, I just wanted to kind of gather your, like, the demand that you're getting from newer markets, let's put it that way. Um, are you seeing a lot more a lot more demand from tier, one, tier two, tier three um, regions across Europe? Uh, we are, for sure. So, um uh, the, in, in terms of the, the tier one markets, what we've noticed, uh, particularly this year, um, perhaps perhaps it started towards the end of last year, as as the um, the embargo uh, in in Amsterdam was lifted, we've noticed a lot more activity in the Netherlands in terms of our, our search work. Um, in in terms of the tier two markets, then it's 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 Spain, it's Portugal, uh, it's it's Italy. Um, it, it's also Eastern Europe. Um, and, and one of the things that we've noticed there is that pre-COVID, um, uh, those particular locations, it was it was a lot easier for us to uh, to get into those locations, target talent, and. Uh, convince them pretty easily uh, about an opportunity that could involve relocation to, to say, the Netherlands, to Germany, uh, to the Nordics. Now, um, post-COVID, where those particular markets are, are seeing real growth, it's becoming more difficult to convince target candidates that they should be thinking about not just about a move, but a relocation to to a, a different country. Yeah. We've we've noticed um, so, so that's Europe. We've we've noticed um, uh, increasing activity in in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, um, also in the North Africa. Certainly, discussions um, from people looking to get into markets. The, the North African market and and Egypt. Hmm. In the Americas, uh, it, it's it's Canada, 
Mexico and Chile, where if you could define them as, as tier two markets. And then in APAC, it's, it's been Indonesia, Malaysia, and, and the Philippines. So, so this issue of, um, of newer markets coming up, then it, it's very much uh, a global thing. It's, it's, happening, it's happening pretty much everywhere. Which is exciting. I mean, as you were mentioning the different countries, my head was like, yep, this company, that company, that company, that company, because every market is so active. There's so many new names going on, going in, into those places. Uh, that's very easy to think that they need like 100, 200, 300 people um, just out of the blue in any of those regions. And that's per company as well. So I'm sure it's very busy um, that is in the people. Uh, and then speaking of which, I mean, so how are you going to cope with all that demand? What, what's the plan for the next 12, 18 months? Um, around that is in the talent recruitment. So we, as a business, we're um, we're, we're we're doing um, one of the things we're doing is is investing in training to make sure that our recruitment research and delivery teams really understand the the industry. That is. Um, that's absolutely key. We we want to be more than than just a uh, a recruitment company. We 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 really want to uh, to be seen as a, a niche data center recruitment company, but but where the people that you engage with really get um, what your business involves. They understand the type of roles that you're hiring into, or as a candidate. They understand the type of um, the type of job that that you undertake and the type of moves that might interest you. Hmm. So um, we, we we're taking on so, so that's one particular aspect the training. Um, most of our work is undertaken on an exclusive basis, um, and and that means that there's pressure on us as a business to uh, deliver, but um, it also means that for the client, we're able to utilize techniques that increase the likelihood of us getting these so-called passive candidates to the table to discuss opportunities rather than um, becoming embroiled in a, a CV race, which is what happens when companies instruct multiple recruiters on a requirement that actually doesn't benefit the hiring company and it most certainly doesn't benefit the candidates yeah. so um, we're also uh, there's there's work going on we've got planned over the next 12 to 18 months work around um, if you like constantly improving our business model uh, Sir Dave Brailsford referred to it as marginal gains. That's that's something we're we're very much um, focused on, and and it's about making sure that we've got the uh, the capability as a business to meet the demand for our services, um, and 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 hmm. uh, watching with interest to see which of the markets we're going to be asked to recruit into next. Uh, well, speaking of next, I was going to ask if one of our viewers wants to 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 increase your workload pile, um, how can they get in touch? 
So through LinkedIn, um, otherwise uh, datacenterpeople.com mm. or they can email me steve.brown at datacenterpeople.com. Okay, sounds good. Well, Steve, as always, it's a pleasure speaking to you. Um, I think what's happening in the data center space as a, as a whole is always very exciting to, to get through. Um, but then when we go into niche areas of the, the, the sector like this one around recruitment uh, and skills, which is so, so paramount to, to the success of the long-term success uh, of the entire sector, um, I think it's always very interesting. So thank you so much for coming on board. Um, as for you watching at home, thank you for tuning into JSA TV Live. Don't forget to check our social channels for more content. And until next time, Happy networking. Thanks, Shao.